0: I'm working on it now, so just keep I talking know crazy.
1: You don't, yeah, don't say that again.
0: <laughs> I think you should say it more. I think you should steer into it as they say. I do not, I think. Do not think so. No. Welcome to practice with Shooting After Dark. My name's Ben. We're here to talk about shooting on deck tonight. Uh, Mr. Kim. Hello. Uh, Mr. Park.
1: Korean brother, hello. <laughs>
0: and Mr. Hoppy Cakes. Hi. Hi. So, you guys know the rules. Everybody comes here with a topic, something they want to talk about. If you can't remember a topic, Joel will assign one to you.
1: That's just that what has, happened, what happened has, to me today. Maybe happened once or twice.
0: Fuck. Yeah, so anyway, that's what's going on. Who'd like to go first? Who wants to talk about the
2: things? I can start off. Okay. Oh, yes. Shit. It's just what I needed is Mr. Ken. Yes. So, uh, basically, all of us were there. At the summit, PSTG summit, uh, a lot of people came. And everybody, like instructors, taught a block. uh, And my block was a visualization and execution. And I got a lot of good feedbacks from the people who took, and I just wanted to share one of them. So this one was like the most uh, uh, best feedback from everybody. So uh, in the walkthrough process, there's many things to check but one of the things I taught at the summit was to, especially when you're entering a position, when you're entering a target that's not super risky, uh, something that you shouldn't like stop then shoot, but more of a shoot while entering the position. In that kind of case, in the walkthrough, I told people to use their arms. So basically in the walkthrough, everybody has have their arms up without a gun. But when the target, especially if it's like a wall, you can't see the target, or even if you see the target, a lot of people think in terms of gun up, but I don't like that. I tell people think in terms of tracking the A zone as you come into the position. So about a full step before, you should definitely have the gun up, but actually tracking the A zone. And in the walkthrough, you can kind of make that happen even better. Uh, Use your arm to actually align your arms with the target. If it's a vision barrier, you can see the spot when, Whenever the target comes out of that wall, your arms should be aligned with the A zone. So I see a lot of times people will have the gun up as as they enter a position, but it was not aligned with the A zone. So they would reposition their gun back to the target, which costs time. And if you're not patient enough, a lot of people shoot Charlie's that way too. So in the walkthrough, use your arm position, arm angle to actually have the target and the arms aligned as soon as the target was coming up. So you can step back, and even though there was a vision barrier in between the target, you should be uh, aiming through the vision barrier, properly tracking the A zone. So in theory, uh, now you can shoot as soon as the target comes out, rather than body settling, realigning, or readjusting the position of the gun, all that stuff that can be eliminated, this will give you better accuracy and better time when you enter positions.
1: Yeah, so you mean like if you have your gun up and you're aiming through the wall, if you were to torch one off through the wall, you'd be hitting the alpha on the target behind you. Exactly. That, like what you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Very good advice. Thank you. Yes.
0: Uh, oh, and if you want to see that whole block, uh, training group members, that's going to get posted to a uh, uh, prize goal shooting training group because I have your block recorded, Mr. Kim. So, you know, if people want to see more, I think it's not a just, fairly substantial amount of footage I got. I
1: was going <laughs> to say, not just Kim's. I think we got almost everyone's blocks recorded.
0: Okay. So. I know that I have six sitting on our server ready to go. Um, and Mr. Kim, your block is 37 minutes of footage that I recorded. Beautiful. Yeah, so that'll get posted if people want to know more about that.
3: All right. Who wants
0: to go next? We'd like to talk about the stuff. I think but, Matt
1: has a. Oh, I thought you had a time-sensitive one, Matt.
3: It's, it's still okay for now. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> watches,
3: they got that evil grin on your face, Matt. Like I don't even understand it. It's, uh, it's not going to live up to the hype. I guarantee it.
1: Well, I don't. I don't know. You got my interest. Uh, mine would be at this weekend shooting. Uh, teamed up with Hopkins and the other bunch of our other friends and shot the Free State match, it'd be a Kansas section match yes. at Hopkins' home club. Uh, this past weekend, and it was fun. I had a good time. Uh, The weather wasn't as hot as it could have been, which was good. Uh, But what's a fair way of saying it, Matt? They have a real balanced test of skills.
3: Yeah, so honestly, I think it's been the best free state to date over the last probably five or six years at the where of Post in it. Uh, A lot of that goes to Justin Bardwell. He's basically taking control and doing most of the work for the match. He had some people help him design the stages. Like, there was headshots at five feet, open targets really close. There was fully open targets with no hard cover, no no no-shoots or partials or anything at 40 yards. Uh There was, what, poppers at probably 25 yards. There was a swinger at probably 20 to Uh 22 yards or something like that. And then there was, like, hoser targets that five yards away next to a target that was coming off that 40 yarder and then the 25 yard steal and then you shoot a target at contact distance
0: hey matt yeah uh, so i watched joel's footage of the match yes and i thought the stages looked diverse in terms of challenges like you're saying yep. they look fun
3: yeah. and they
0: did not look like a nightmare to shoot with a low cap gun which is saying something these days yeah, because we know how stage design's gone.
3: So I actually didn't look at the match for a low cap at all. That's one thing I've tried to not do since I've been shooting high cap. So I don't try to like mix stage plans or anything like that. So I've act- actively not looked at low cap plans or kind of how the stages like lay out to low cap shooters through any of the matches I've shot all year. I think that could be a detriment to me like if i was trying to like figure a low cap plan and a co plan all right i, just well, I was just that that
0: trying way. to look at the match and be complimentary but all right then. <laughs>
3: dude what do you want
1: Fucker. no he's, <laughs> just, he's saying you did a nice job is what he's saying god damn it like there was there was only one stage a uh, stage one was kind of dumb for a low cap but otherwise huh. it was like yeah the rest of the stage it didn't that, really high cap also low that cap.
3: stage wasn't equitable between left and right-handed shooters
1: i wasn't going to say that but no well, that's it was not
3: but well, one the, out of 10, Dude, I think life is not a, equitable for lefties. It was, it was far <laughs> biased to the right. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I agree with Matt. They have the other thing uh, to praise Justin, their match director a bit. J- I remember Justin asking me, I think two years ago he asked me like, so what do you think? What did you think about the match? What would you like to see different? And he wasn't just like looking at his watch or checking out his phone while he asked me, he was actually really like interested. So, uh, it was that year like the previous year they had long shots and the year that he asked me they had a they didn't have the long bay didn't have the far shots so i'm like oh i kind of missed the far shots you had the year before i like that because i don't see that everywhere else and then like when i saw him when i was walking the stage he's like hey we brought those long shots back like that guy he actually really cares like what people what he builds the match what i the, the competitors want which frankly i don't think all match management does that so most do not I I like that a lot because he actually cares. He actually takes that advice on board.
0: Yeah, no, well, I I like there's a few match directors I've met, like this isn't most, but a few of them where they'll ask you what you think. They'll listen to what you say and they're not going to get butthurt about it, right? Like they'll talk to a bunch of people and then just listen to the feedback because I think they want their match to be better. And they understand that if they just read the bullshit on Facebook about like it was a great match, like that's not really useful feedback in any way. Right. And nobody like people. I mean, even even big a holes like me. Like I don't. They don't go on Facebook and like hash out like like the particulars of a match because that's a bit rude.
1: Mm-hmm. You know. That's true. Uh, the other thing that's noteworthy that they do is lunch was free and they do t shirts for free,
3: yeah, just with your so
1: regular no additional charge. like Matt.
3: They actually talked to me about that. I'm like, just make it easier for the competitors and just increase the entry fee a little, you know? So you increase mm-hmm. the entry fee $10, and then they've worked the shirt in over time, so that's already figured in there. I'm like, just increase the entry fee $10, cover lunch, half the people won't even eat it or don't care, but they're not gonna worry about a $10 extra entry fee. Like that's, well, it was not, like a, that's, that's not a factor.
0: It was like the Subway box at Joel's match at the Great Plains section. Yeah, exactly. If you do that something was- like that, like that's, it's a nice little something, grab that. That's nice. I, I personally, I like that.
3: They had a mm-hmm. taco bar, so oh. you know, it was good. You could you could go out and make your own tacos, put as much or as little and eat as much or as little as you wanted on it. So it was good.
2: That sounds like something I would actually eat at a match. Yeah. yeah so
1: it's like hey, I just two. have protein. Kim,
0: yep, exactly. I've seen I've seen you stuff down pretty much
3: anything. <laughs> <laughs> at a match?
0: I don't know about at a match, but Kim is the least yeah. pickiest eater I've met in my life. I eat a lot. yeah, like
3: some people piled up their plates and had like four tacos, and then some people had like just some beans and meat and cheese and Mm -hmm. stuff and no taco shells, and some people had like two tacos, and then there was tons of food afterwards, so during the awards, people were making like nacho trays. Yep. And it was was just really good. It was really nice. They Uh, had water on every stage. They had plenty of water extra. Ice water. It was cold. Oh, ice ice
2: water. That's a different level.
3: It's a different level. Yes. that's like what I'm gonna go to now like if you're gonna provide water you got to have a mm-hmm. cooler and you know an yeah, easy that's... way to get a cooler on every stage is ask your volunteer ros if they have a cooler mm-hmm. then they they have their cooler on the stage and the match or club doesn't have to provide it they bring it out you give them water bottles and ice and fill it up and everybody's super happy no one got heat problems at all it was really good
1: uh, while well, I'm giving so many compliments I guess uh, the other thing I like is the match t-shirt isn't like some garbage cheap cotton shirt I don't know what it's made out of but it feels more like the Under Armour type of like wicking material so it feels yeah. lightweight and it actually is something that I would want to wear on a hot day and not just so, some
3: exactly so I use those for practice
1: yeah they're comfortable it's like
3: a, a wicking material so it wicks the sweat off and dries off in the wind and stuff so they're actually very useful I've been wearing them actually quite a bit recently
1: yeah, but I mean, it's actually nice stuff they throw in. It's not just some garbage you're like, oh, you shouldn't have. And then it ends up like getting turned into a gun cleaning rag or something. So, right. or tossed as soon as you get home. So, anyway, I like the match. They had a good variety. Uh, I know why you really um, like the match, Joel. That's actually not why, Ben. I mean, that, that's
0: always <laughs> what do you fun. think? What do you think I'm going to say?
3: I don't know. Because you, you got to shoot with all I your shoot bros. With friends.
1: What <laughs> yes, this is what <laughs> <he's> talking <laughs> about? I was going to say because Ben wasn't there was my favorite part, but that would be hurtful. It wasn't a bad
0: part. I was, was everybody's favorite. Probably, you fucking <laughs> asshole. We
1: did have quite a baller squad. Uh, to keep dropping names, Henning was there also, which was fun. I hadn't shot with him before.
3: Yeah, he came so. all the way to Colorado. so. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I had a very nice trip as well, you dickheads. Well, you, you did I, it I enjoyed you it because nice you guys weren't right. there.
3: My time since the event was ready.
0: All right, let's go, Matt. What do you got?
3: All right, so kind of curtail on the free state match. Uh, So you know how like you get hot and you want to get like electrolytes or some kind of like power drink or something into you, right? Uh Uh Not just replace water, right? Correct. So I didn't find this. It was given to me at the end of the match. It's brilliant, I think. So you guys know those icicle things that you have that are like flavored and you put them in the freezer that and they freeze and you kind of like yeah yeah eat them out of a tube yep so they have these things called squinter squeeze it's actually a freezer pop like a flavored freezer pop with elect sorry electrolytes in it it dude it was awesome so just imagine drinking like an ice cold gatorade but even better it's like a slushy that's what this is Yeah, my interest it's awesome
1: well i already bought the fan you told me to buy i might as well just buy these too
3: Dude, I'm gonna buy a pack and take them to Area Three this weekend. <laughs> I don't know when this will air, but I'm gonna have a pack yeah. in the freezer in our hotel. So we've got a couple podcasts up before this. I think it drops yeah. next
1: week. I think it drops next week.
3: Well, I'm gonna stock this? Them in no, this two. drops
1: week after next. Week. Oh. All right,
0: just kidding. whatever. Sorry.
3: So this is a Squincher Squeeze. You can find it in the freezer section. They have all different flavors, like red, orange, green. <laughs> my
0: favorite flavor is
3: purple, Matt. Do we have purple? <laughs> yeah, they have purple, I think.
0: That's what I need to know.
3: All right. <laughs> I was section. I'll bring you a purple one.
0: Oh, yeah, about. I was section. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm signed up for a revolver because I haven't picked a division yet. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, because
1: people ask me, like, Ben's really going to shoot revolver? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he really thinks it's coming back. He wants to try something new. <laughs> oh, my God. Must
3: be the all for national change. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Uh, but just something else to think about electrolytes, they don't have to come in Gatorade or something like that or a tablet. You can get Gatorades from a popsicle also. So oh,
1: just so to- shoot shoot me straight. How does it work with those you, things? So they're frozen.
0: Yeah. Well, hold on, why don't I just freeze my Gatorade?
3: Cause it does it come in a nice handy tube that you can squeeze out and eat? No. Or are you gonna have to let it thaw, out, then drink it like a regular unfrozen Gatorade?
1: I mean, that sounds more like what I would have to do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Joel, what do you have?
1: Uh, so it's it's you put it in the freezer overnight, yeah. Yeah. And then you just wait for it to thaw out on match day.
3: No, so, so I took one out and I let it sit around for probably what ten minutes, fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and now it's easy. Like I could just push it up. Okay. Take a nice little bite.
0: We know. You look like you're in heaven right now, Matt. <laughs> I know. I'm green, jealous, rage. Just imagine
3: if it was a hundred degrees out and you're sweating your ass off all day, and drank mm-hmm. like three gallons of water.
0: Mm-hmm. How
3: much of icy electrolyte freezing pop thing? Doesn't sound dang. bad. It it was like the highlight of the day. <laughs> After I was done shooting, I just said I found it or heard about it. It was nope. really neat. I'll have to look those up. He actually bought them for the ROs and handed them out during the match. So just imagine like being an RO, like he passed them out to the ROs at the match. So seeing an ice cold freezer pop, like at two o'clock in the afternoon after being outside all day, pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. I top that bin.
0: Okay. (laughs) Watch me. So we, uh, maybe you saw the announcement on uh, Facebook or wherever, but we've added Joel as an instructor for practical shooting training group. Which is as nice as that slushy is, Matt. Joel's even adding Joel's even better.
1: This is bad. I'm sure you
0: agree. Boom. All right. So, what did you want me to talk about? Oh, so basically, Joel's job, aside from doing feedbacks and making content, what I what I really want Joel to do is anchor a new podcast. What did you guys
1: say? Tell me more.
0: I like it. So we centered around tra- here's the concept is we centered this podcast around training group content so it has something like to talk about every week and then pull on like training group members and instructors and shit like that and talk with them and then uh, you know as as the is the, the custom with this sort of a podcast it'd be like partially paywalled and partially not so it'd be like half public half not I don't, I don't know how we we'll break it up but it'll, it'll be something like that Does that sound like something you might be interested in, Matt?
3: I do so what kind of like what's a what's a example of a topic or something you guys would discuss in that
1: well I mean better right. than I were talking about this earlier let me tell of uh, my concept Joel fine
0: fine no. all right well, well so we're gonna make it more professional with like intro music and bumpers and do editing and stuff which that's already like way outside of anything I'm interested in doing in doing so that's why we need Joel to do this you need to get Joel to do my job for me mm-hmm. um, So we'll do that. And then I think that, like, imagine if Joel wears two hats during the the podcast. So there's like Joel, the news anchor, where he talks about all the shit that's going on in training group that week. Maybe there's an interesting thread and you have a panel and they kind of run that down and talk about what's going on. Or Mr. Kim posted uh, an amazing video. We need to have him on to talk about that and why that's important. Okay, something like that. And then the second hat. The, is, oh, got the brain freeze going on, Matt. That's a <laughs> <laughs> <You're an> idiot. <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, my God. At least you know you got the required equipment there, buddy. <laughs> anyway, uh, so then Joel's, Joel's uh, second hat he would wear is like Joel the investigative reporter. So maybe there's some, like, deep dive on a particular topic, like a half hour, 45 minutes sort of uh, an interview with uh, – with whoever, with somebody that, that did something really interesting. And that'd be like the second, the second part of the podcast. So that's what it, that's what it'd be like weekly roundup and then deep dive on specific topics. That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking.
3: So would you like deep dive on the doubles drill one day?
1: It absolutely. Could be. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Deep dive on whatever we want. Uh, also, there's so much stuff going on in training group. It, <laughs> it can almost be overwhelming if you're not on it regularly so, having highlights of really important stuff that you should be that you don't want to miss, I think would also be valuable for the membership as well.
0: Well, you know when it started, there was a lot less traffic, and there would be stuff which sit for um, maybe five or six days. So, if I look on the right side of my browser, I see like the recent topics that were talked mm-hmm. about. And as I roll down through here, if if the topic is more than one day, or one and a half days old right now, it's gone. It's buried. Like there's nothing on the, like it doesn't like pop off to grab your attention. So that's way quicker than it used to be. And I th- I, I think most of our the members are not on that frequently. So anyway, that's what we So basically we have more members, we have more money. So we're going to take some of the money and give it to Joel. and And he's going to make a better product for the members. That's the plan, as I understand it. So that's what's going on. Does that sound – well, that sounds good to all of us, I think. Yes. Sounds genius to me, sir. Well, it was my idea, so it's definitely genius. Of course. All right. Well, there you go. You guys want to talk about a question?
1: I would love to. Yep.
0: All right. I took your class, Wildcat Valley Rifle and Pistol Club, in Brookston, Indiana, in May. I did go there. I do remember that class. That was actually a really nice club. I really like the vibe there. Anyway. We talked a little about target focus versus set focus shooting while watching Practical Shooting After Dark episode 105. The subject was talked about again. Once again, it was talking about seeing the target clear after shooting CO and switching back to iron sights. I have a question about that. I shoot production in a 53 and a very near sighted vision with an astigmatism. My doctor worked with me and came with a prescription with contacts that allowed decent distant vision and allows me to see my front sight fairly clear. I use the prescription as my everyday setup. I'm new to target focus shooting and have been trying to change a 40-plus-year-old habit of front side focus. Would it be better off with a different prescription, or should I leave it alone? Any feedback would be appreciated. Thanks. It's sounding to me like he has one eye set up to see close and what I set yeah. up to see, see far, as is many people
1: do now. Mm-hmm. That was the way I understood it also.
0: Uh, I I'm, I'm not inclined to tell him to change his prescription right now. What do you say? Mr. Kim, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think he should definitely try both. I think uh, having the iron sight prescription, so you can see the front sight clear, is very helpful when you start developing indexing, so automatic sight alignment. So you want the gun present, or after target transition, you want those sights aligned automatically for you. Uh, In training, I think in the beginning, if you have not a good index, you should use that to see what's happening, if the front sight was crooked, up high to the right, blah, blah, blah. And then what I did is this. I shot with the Ironside prescription first three years of my life when I shot productions mainly. And then last year I shot uh, one production match, everything else carry optics. However, I shot with a red dot prescription for the production nationals too. So I was never able to see the front side clear. However, uh, I was shooting the same gun production carry optics, so index was completely the same. My sights were aligned automatically. So I did not need to see front sight super sharp. I can still see the fiber color. So I was mm-hmm. just using the fiber to, you know, very tough shot. I was using the fiber to check if the fiber is more or less in the center of the rear notch, and I wasn't like able to shoot any shot. I, I, I shot every difficult targets, too. So in terms of shooting target focus with Ironsight, it's a very valid thing to do, and I recommend people to try it because it's just such a faster time, less amount of confirmation. So yeah, for training in the beginning, until you have very good index, use Ironsight uh, prescription, and then start maybe using regular prescription and shoot target focus all the way. That's my answer.
0: Well, that's a pretty good answer, I think. Would, you. you would know, yeah. All right, guys, anybody else have anything to add to that?
3: I don't think I can do any better.
1: Well, obviously. Pro- Professor Kim does just seem <laughs> to knock questions out of the park. Um, Hold on. Let me uh, – do you guys want to do another one? Because we, yes. we can maybe sort that out. Quit sliding around Whatever you're sliding around, please. It's my
0: mouse. I'm grabbing questions, dickhead. Whoa. That was aggressive. Well, you were aggressing on me, man.
1: You deserved it.
0: Oh, I know right, on, uh... I'm not new on the Timmy side, uh, but I am new on the gamer side and definitely willing to learn. Y'all talk shit regularly on the podcast regarding Virginia count. From an am- am- from an amateur standpoint, Virginia strikes me as a further stress inducer. Explain to me why, as a competitor, should I disregard Virginia count? Always loving the podcast. Um. I'm not sure that we're telling you to disregard Virginia count. Yeah, First off, you
3: can't disregard it because only one year of classifiers are not Virginia count. Every other classifier year is Virginia count. So you're going to run into them somewhere no matter what.
0: And whether or not that stresses you out or not, I mean, that's up to you. Um, I think Virginia count is not a thing for the international rule set anymore because it is the antithesis of freestyle, I think. So it's like uh, like basically that like you they, they stipulate how many rounds you're going to shoot at the target and then you can shoot as much as you want beyond that. And they, they take the, the, the best ones that hit it or whatever. Um, like I, what, what we don't like Virginia count because it's like it's not freestyle. It's like it, it, it takes away strategies from you that, that are legitimate. Does that make sense? Absolutely, like it, is, it is a legitimate strategy to shoot safety shots on challenging targets.
1: That's exactly oh, where yeah. I was going to go to. That, yeah, so if you're that doing that's a
0: legitimate strategy.
1: That uh, for this day, for that day, whatever that classifier is, where you draw and shoot the tucks, like you yeah. only get six shots. It's a tuxedo target. You are not going to push it all. You're just going to watch the sights very carefully, grip the gun properly, and just gently press the trigger and watch the sights. Like it, it takes away. You're not going to send it. You're not going to do anything special. It just, I think it equates to boring shooting. It's the way I see it, because like you yeah, said, it's, I, just, it's just safety shots.
0: I agree. I agree. It's like you're shooting, like you're shooting those those types of targets, like in third gear the whole time. If you're if you're wise, that is.
1: Yeah. You're, <laughs> if like you're unwise, you'll shoot them differently. Like I switch into just don't make a mistake mode. Where you are not doing anything interesting. You're not leveraging your ability. You're not. You're you're not even potentially making a move or anything. It just. Just, hey, don't don't miss. Just make sure you get at the target, get the points. Duh, duh, duh. And then you're like, okay, now I can go do something interesting.
3: Basically, like, just get out off the stage.
2: Yeah. That's
3: all yeah. it was. It's like, just get off that stage. That's it. Yeah.
2: And one time, my heart was breaking to watch my uh, friend shoot, and he had a malfunction. And oh. he <laughs> forgot how many shots he shot already. Oh. And, oh, no. yeah, there was definitely extra shot and penalty. So that was heartbreaking. Oh. But yeah, so as as far as I'm
0: concerned, Virginia count adds penalties and takes away options. It seems, I mean, I, it makes sense when it's like, Hey, we want to have El Presidente. So you put up three targets and it's like, okay, shoot them all twice, reload, shoot them all twice again. But if you shoot extra shots, we're not really going to know like where or which pass that was on or whatever. So then we just say, you can't shoot extras. Like, I understand why that's a thing. But for high level competition, that doesn't make that doesn't make sense anymore. It just it doesn't. was a real
3: disservice when they did the eighteen classifiers yeah. Yeah. to mimic stages. And then they made them Virginia Count. Yes. So they had yeah, like was, movement in the yeah. classifiers, but they made them Virginia Count. It's like what's the point? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, because you're not leveraging any ability. You're just gonna shoot stuff straight up and not try to make a move or do anything interesting. Hundred percent. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that that's what we think about Virginia Cards. It's just like it it it's it's contrived. It's it's silly. Doesn't and, not, whatever. It's fine it. for drills. Like we train on drills that way, sure. But sure. In a big match
1: getting hammered with penalties over that bullshit, like no thanks. And then for the one handed shooting, I get it where you couldn't stack shots, but instead you could just do draw and shoot all these targets weekend only. You know, it's like you wouldn't have to stack it and do multiple strings either.
3: It's a culture thing. So Ipsy yeah. does if they do a short stage and want have you shoot strong hand only, that's all you can shoot on it, and it'll mm-hmm. be a stage. Same with weekend only. They'll have you draw like pick up the gun and shoot weekend only. No, like in a stage, it won't be like a kind of like a prescribed drill that they do with at, with certain targets.
0: Yeah,
3: like at Europeans, what we shoot that strong hand only stage with that swinger. No, it wasn't a swinger, but it was like a pretty long field course with like 12 rounds or something on it. And it was strong hand only. Yeah, I mean. Like third day or something, I think.
0: uh, Your memory is better than mine. But yeah, the whole point is it's like it creates like basically if that's your idea of an interesting stage, like you, you don't know what's going on. There's more interesting ways to make stages and make challenges than it's like it's like here's to shoot this with with six rounds like what if i shoot extra penalty it's like okay and they're <laughs> like extra we're shot gonna, and, we're gonna challenge and you and, and then, a second hit yeah and then it's like we're gonna challenge you so now it's hard cover and i'm like you're like fuck this went from like <laughs> this went from fun to not fun in such a hurry <laughs> Jesus. <Yes. laughs> oh my god all right well another uh wonderful podcast and uh you know Thank you so much for coming on, Professor Kim, Mister Hoppy Cakes, and whoever the other guys, Ned, Mister Flanders. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna start that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's going. I told we've got a uh, we're designing a jersey for you, Joel. I uh-huh. I told Jenny I wanted to say Ned Flanders. Like it's gonna say Ned on the front, Flanders on the back, and then around the collar it says GMJP. That's what I want.
1: <laughs> what do you say about that? Well, I, that would be very kind. I probably won't ever wear it, but that would be great if I you I don't give a shit it. if you wear it. It's more for me than you. <laughs> that's probably true. You would probably turn up to a match wearing that, knowing my luck. So. Okay,
3: absolutely, hundred percent. One
0: hundred percent. I would wear that.
1: when, oh, when you when you wore your Tim jersey at Great Plains, <laughs> so like, who's that Tim guy? I'm like, oh, that's just like you know. They're
0: like, he looks like a hobo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm like, I thought that was. I thought the Ben Stoger guy was on your squad. I'm like, oh no, that's Tim. Yeah, Ben couldn't make it. We have this Tim guy instead.
0: Yeah, Tim is uh, – what gives me
1: away is that Tim's uh, Tim's uh bald. Well, he's very nice also.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. He's a he's a nice bald guy as opposed to some, like, raging a-hole with a half mullet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that's it for us. Uh, listeners, if you have a question you'd like the answer to, go to com. Send us your question. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, well, pretty soon – you'll be listening to training group live podcast you know anchored by somebody who cares it's gonna be amazing awesome you know